Okay, Jan, welcome to the Hero's Journey Economy podcast. Thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, could you just give a brief description of your company and the product that you sell? Yeah, yeah. We are uh, Virtuix and we sell the Omni. The Omni is the first omnidirectional treadmill that lets players walk and run in 360 degrees inside video games or other virtual worlds. It's basically a platform uh, that lets you walk in every direction and puts you inside inside VR games or other applications. So it's a fully immersive enabler. So you're actually, when you're running on your, you're running in the game or in the virtual reality world. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I didn't want to uh, just stand in place or sit down with a headset on. I wanted to, you know, walk around inside VR as you do in, 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 in the real world. Now for that, I realized you, you need to have something like a treadmill uh, because otherwise you would walk straight into your wall or, or your coffee table. But you need a treadmill in every direction and in 360 degrees, an omnidirectional treadmill. And that is the Omni. That, that is amazing. With VR, what I did one day is I went to visit my parents and I did not have a, you know, I didn't have the high end. I had my phone and I've got the device from, I think it might've been five and below. So it was the, the skinny version of VR. And I uploaded uh, Google Earth and I typed in the coordinates of my parents' childhood homes, and I put the headset on them. They got to look around. It, you know, obviously, it's on the cheap. It's it's not the full experience, but they were like, they really felt like they were there. And they started talking about. My mom grew up in Brooklyn, and my dad grew up in Cleveland. And to see these homes, and to have them look down the street, and up the street, and across the street just in that virtual world, you know, they were describing things uh, about growing up that they hadn't thought of in years. It, it, it would have been obvious, and you live this every day, but it was a much different experience than if I, if I showed them a photo of, of that. So it was, it was a much different experience. And then I had my sister, who's, you know, much younger, put it on, and I, ha I plugged in her cul-de-sac out in Southern California, and she plugged it in and it was an interesting response. She, she said, wait a minute, am I there right now? <laughs> because <laughs> you know, she, she goes, can people see me? And I'm like, no. And it was interesting because my parents got it, but my sister was like thrown by it a little saying, wait a minute, am I, am I there or not there? It's a very, very different technology, right? And, you're, and, and then what you add is a whole new level because you're fully immersed in, in the, into, the, mm -hmm. into whatever experience you're doing. Yeah, yeah, it's a mind trip, and, and we add the movement part to it, so you're not just restricted to looking around. You can actually yeah. go for a walk in your old neighborhood, uh, yeah. if you imagine that. So it's, 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 it's incredible, yeah. Yeah, you know, we call this the hero's journey economy for, uh, because of Joseph Campbell. I don't know if you're familiar with Joseph Campbell, but he found this, he was a, he was a researcher and he found this mono, what he calls a monomyth out there in cultures where there's this myth of a person, an ordinary person uh, hearing a call to action, either, you know, an experience or maybe an internal voice stepping into this calling and going through some kind of initiation and coming out of it uh, transformed. George Lucas, the creator of Star Wars, actually studied under jo Joseph Campbell and, you know, the Luke Skywalker is a recreation of this monomyth. So, it, and it is really the, that story is kind of everywhere now. It is the backbone of video games, movies, 
almost any kind of modern entertainment, there's a story of this person being pulled into this. But it's interesting because you're, you're now enabling this journey with people a little bit more. But also you've gone on a personal kind of hero's journey too, right? You, you worked in the financial world and heard some kind of calling to develop this type of device. Mm. Can, you, can you speak to that a, a little bit of what had you jump into this? This was not easy, right? You take a look at that device and you kind of go, oh, that's cool, someone made that, but that was not easy. You know? Oh, no, yeah. You, you, it, was the, it was the hero's journey. Could you, could you speak to that a little? Yeah, blood, blood sweat and tears, uh, but, also, but also the American dream. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm not from the States originally. I'm, I'm from Belgium originally. Came here, my first job out of college. I have an engineering uh, degree, master's degree in engineering from, from a Belgian university. Came to the U.S. in 2007, so now 13 years ago, and loved it. Loved, loved the culture, the people, uh, and then also the, the the aspiration of the American dream. If you can, if you work hard, you can make it. So I actually, actually, you know, decided to stay here. Went, went to business school, and then yeah, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, have my own company, my own business. And, uh, you know, as an immigrant, you need a work visa. You can't just start your own business because you don't have the right to do that. So actually, out of business school, I needed a job first. So I decided to, to uh, go with the job that would pay me the most money so I could save that uh, as much as I could to then start my own business one day. So I went into yeah. investment banking and I was an investment banker for almost three years. Uh, with J.P. Morgan, uh, Natural Resources, and uh, Houston and New York, uh, but I had I had promised myself I would quit that job to do something entrepreneurial, to start my own business, and I gave myself four years, I think, uh, but I, I quit within three years because I was always uh, well aware of of technology, gaming. I've always been a gamer. Um, I was aware of the early renaissance of virtual reality this is now 2011 2012 i thought vr was going to make a big comeback uh, i knew what was coming and i thought the biggest problem that hadn't been solved yet in vr was how to walk around in vr with a headset yeah. on how do you walk around you need this omnidirectional treadmill and hey i'm a, a mechanical engineer by by background so i thought yeah, this is a mechanical problem let me see if i can solve this problem uh, and then make a business out of that. And so while at JP Morgan, I started working on, on an early prototype of, of the Omni um, and then put some early videos online. Those got millions of views literally on YouTube, lots of success. And I thought, well, okay, this is it. So I quit my job, my, my banking job, which, you know, at the time I was probably about to make uh, four or $500,000 a year. You know, that's a well-paying job. Gave that up to start my own company, put my life savings into bringing the Omni to market. Uh, and that was seven years ago. And now here we are today. And we're now, you know, and still somewhat of a startup. But, you know, we've shipped over $10 million worth of product. We've raised over $20 million from investors. Uh, Mark Cuban is a big investor, about 12 venture capital funds. Uh, we are raising our, our second A round right now on, on, on Seed Invest, Seed Invest uh, platform. Uh, and so, look, we, we are shipping product, we are developing a new product, and here we are today. You know, it's been a, an incredible journey. The hero's journey is a nice word for it, but it's also been uh, uh, lots of hard work and, 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 as I said, blood, sweat, and tears. But it's been incredible, incredibly rewarding. And I, wouldn't want to trade it for anything else in the world. Yeah, you know, the, that hero's journey does make it sound romantic. It, and in the, story, in the movies, they make it seem like that. But in real life, one of the big 
lessons, I think, of the hero's journey, or, you know, you're not hard, but you're not really, it's, you're not transformed unless you're really tested. One of the big things when people start to go on these journeys, these personal journeys is um, you have to get outside your comfort zone and you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, you're not going to be able to build that bicep sitting in your chair, you know, and you're not, you're not going to become uh, whatever it is you want to do. Uh, you're not going to be able to do without really stepping out of that comfort zone. So, and it sounds like you really did that in this whole process. So it's, it's, that I think in those stories, they tend to romanticize the challenges and they, they definitely are, but it's, it's real. It's, it's, it's not always fun. It's, it's, you're really being taxed, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. I, I think it's fun. I, I yeah. enjoy it. Even in the, the hardest days. So look, we had a tough year with, with COVID-19. Uh, no need to say that, you know, yeah. but even at the toughest days, I'm grateful that uh, I'm able to do what I do. The whole gaming aspect of this which is tremendously exciting, right? Because it brings a whole new level to any kind of activity. Like it, it's taking that early we where you interact with the screen to a whole new level because it's fully immersive and you're moving, you're actually moving within a virtual environment. That's got to be, I've never tried it, but you know, it's got to be amazing to do. And then there's the other application, you know, as far as maybe police training or military or mm -hmm. even you know sports training where you can be in that type of virtual environment and practice things you know the um, when the astronauts came back from uh, the moon landing you know they said how was it and all of them said it well well it was just like we practiced <laughs> you know and uh, they went to the moon but they went to the moon in their mind a million times uh, you know in, in all those different practices and um, I know I know you're early in this but the utility for practicing things in a virtual world that you will, because of the realistic aspect of it, uh, are you getting calls from places like, I don't know if you could speak to it, you know, cause I, I know there's some elements, but one of the things that I've been looking at in this whole hero journey economy is that um, gaming and training are going to start to blur, right? Uh, not only because of, short attention spans of the people learning things, but also the environment, the, the technology and the, the ability to use elements of what you're doing to train. Can you speak to that at all as to how? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and you raise a good point. Certainly we're very much focused on gaming and entertainment, but uh, applications go far beyond that. Uh, and, and we've sold many uh, commercial systems through our distributors to, for example, military agencies and contractors for training and simulation. Uh, absolutely, if you can, for example, uh, uh, for the raid on Osama bin Laden, I think they, the, C, the Navy SEALs literally rebuilt that compound so they could train that mission. Well, with VR, you don't have to physically rebuild things. You can just do it in VR and you can do it a uh, hundred times and not just for a, a highly critical mission, but for every mission. So training and simulation in, in VR, I think is a great application, not just for military or law enforcement. We also have uh, received many calls and sold systems to, for example, the oil and gas industry for training on oil rigs, refineries. Um, so yeah, training and simulation is, is, is a big one and, and all kinds of uh, applications like education, uh, virtual tourism, um, physical therapy, medical field. So I had this, uh, you know, gaming for us, we have to be focused as a startup and, and gaming is where there's sure. immediately 
uh, money that that uh, revenues that we can make, which is of course is critical to us. Uh, but over time, we see many applications beyond just gaming. You know, obviously there's a cost element to that, but you know, in the in Moore's law, uh, the costs come down over time, right? That just in the in the in the last couple of years, what's the costs around VR have dramatically dropped and the, and the quality has gone up, right? Just like Moore's Law kind of predicts. So that's, that's an interesting phenomenon. I know that you've looked at both from a business model uh, arena or professional units, but with COVID, there's also that opportunity, I think, to pivot to, and that's what caught my eye, to pivot towards home use, right? That this could yeah. be a device. Where do you see the market right now for your product? Because it, it could be either, yeah. but um, yeah. you know, we're, we're, all yeah. stuck, we're all stuck home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting story. Just kind of also the, the story of our company and also the VR market as a whole. We started out in 2013 based on the consumer market. Uh, we started with a Kickstarter campaign Great success, $1.1 million Kickstarter campaign in 2013, one of the biggest campaigns at that time. And we were going to bring the army to the home. That was the original idea. And then we produced the army, brought it to market. Um, but the consumer market for VR was quite slow to take off in those early years, not as fast as people would have hoped. And we were getting a lot of demand from the commercial market, uh, entertainment, VR arcades where we could sell our product for a much higher price, you know, $5,000 and more per system. So we actually pivoted to the commercial market in 2016. And that's where we've been for the last uh, four years. We've sold the Omni commercially, mainly to uh, entertainment venues. And we've shipped now almost 4,000 systems uh, to now 45 countries, more than 500 entertainment venues, and also enterprise, as I mentioned, training and simulation tr through our distributors. But now, uh, since the last year or so, and this has been accelerated by, by COVID, but we actually have been working on an Omni for the home, going back to the home, because now the time is right again. Now you have these uh, standalone VR headsets like Oculus Quest. You no longer need a high-end gaming PC to power your VR headset. That was the case for the longest time. You needed to have yeah. a whole gaming rig to do VR. No more. You can just take a standalone VR headset like the Quest, put it on your face, and it just works like that. Nothing else needed. And that's now what's bringing VR to, to the mass market. And also for us, for the first time, we can bundle our product, the Omni, with a headset and offer a complete package to the end customer. One big package, one big button, you push it, it just works. So now for the first time, we can offer a complete system for the home. And that's what we announced uh, just a few weeks ago. We announced Omni One. Yeah. Uh, which is our home system that we'll bring to market next year. So we're, we're returning to the original vision of our company and taking Yami back, back to the home of the home product. What, what's a ballpark price point around that for, for home use? Yeah, our products will be a nineteen ninety five. Uh, so it's more like a, we call it like a Peloton for gamers, uh, Peloton style product. Our, it, certainly ours is a gaming system. It's not an exercise system, but you do burn calories while using it. So it's, yeah. it's gaming, but it has health benefits, which is, which is great, but it's a gaming system, but it's, it's, in that, it's in that price category. Look, it's not a product for everybody. We're not looking to sell 100 million units like a PlayStation 4. It's more like a Peloton style product, which is not niche because Peloton is now $35 billion company. So yeah, nothing wrong with that, that, that kind of product category, but it's more that, that sort of product. It's an amazing market too. It's interesting with the whole esports in New York uh, pre-COVID. 
and they were having a, a tournament there and the teams were all there, the uniforms and people, you know, someone came up to me and said, what sports in town? And I said, well, it's, it's e-sports. And, and the person was like, you know, they were a tourist from you know, outside of New York city. And, I, and they said, what's that? And I go, well, it's, it's video gaming at an elite level where you yeah. are part of a team person kind of turned their head sideways. <laughs> I mean, I go, no, it's big. <laughs> go, this is really big. You know, there's, you can get a college scholarship now at some major universities. Uh -huh. it, it's, uh, it's as big as regular sports, right? I mean, it, or bigger right now from a, from a trend standpoint. So you're really in a pretty interesting spot from a, you know, gaming's not going away. It's, it's getting bigger and bigger. It seems like every year. Gaming is getting bigger and bigger. Gaming is now a $200 billion industry, excluding the hardware. So it's incredible. I, wrote a, I read an article just a few days ago in the, in the Wall Street Journal that the gaming is the new, uh, I mean, the gaming wars, instead of the streaming wars, the gaming wars are coming because games are becoming more than just games. Uh, games become places where people hang out. Games like Fortnite, kids hang out in Fortnite. They uh, go to a concert in Fortnite. Uh, games like Minecraft, you know, so, so especially teenagers and younger gamers, they don't just play a game for 30 minutes to get entertained. They go to a game to uh, hang out with their friends. Uh, yeah. so, so, so gaming is, is becoming more and more of a dominant uh, medium in, in society. Yeah, you know, one of the things I've researched a little is just the whole idea of gaming and the ability, the ability for these gaming, the gaming experience to tap into what I guess the research have coined of the flow, you know, that balance of being challenged, but not being challenged. It, it, you know, it's uh, athletes talk about it where time slows down and you start to, you know, your brainwaves start to hit a certain uh, optimal level where you're being challenged at a, a fairly supreme level, but you're rising to that occasion. And then uh, the level goes up. And you, you know, you, you go to that, that next level. And that is a, that's a very difficult thing for a lot of people that aren't like Tom Brady or some elite soccer athlete, or maybe a, a woman gymnast or something, you know, that's not a, an experience that everyone can experience just because of, you know, their physical limitations, but in the virtual world, those types of experience can, can be achieved and tested uh, it's one of the I, i've read that it's one of the things that keeps video game people coming back is that constant challenge uh, to the next level so some of these video games are actually immensely tied to the whole hero's journey idea of you know a challenge after challenge after challenge you get a reward you get to the next level um, there are sidekicks there are tools very similar to what uh what the old myths a thousand or two thousand years ago had and and created. So they're you know video games are tapping into that. So it's a, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting area. What's the timing on uh, your release? I know that's always hard because uh, of, of release dates and a lot of things have to come together. But what's your ballpark timing of when this is going to be available for the masses? Yeah, we're saying uh, second half of next year. Okay. Um, yeah, still about a year away or so. Yeah. Interesting to see how this takes off just because uh, you're right. It is like the, it is like the Peloton bike, although I think it's a lot more fun, right? I mean, they have they have that environment and there's that social aspect where you're racing against someone from across the country and stuff. But this is a lot more fun. You know, nothing against I, I like biking. Uh, I'm a yeah. big biker, but this has an element that could be much more entertaining and, and much more far reaching. 
I, I would think so. I would think yeah. that uh, the, the, the notion of walking and running around inside video games or other virtual worlds is extremely appealing to a wide audience, uh, potentially wider than people that like to sit on an exercise bike. Um, yeah. And also, how do you get people to, to keep coming back and, and playing again and again? And, and Peloton does a great job even though it's not easy to get people to continue to exercise, as we all right. know, and they do a yeah. great job at it. It's a whole lot easier to get people to keep playing video games <laughs> because oh, yeah. of all those tricks you just mentioned. Because yeah. of all those tricks you just mentioned, player rankings, profiles, leveling up, uh, experience points, achievements, you, you name it, right? So it, there's a lot of tricks that the gaming world has to make sure players keep, keep coming back. Um, I think it's easier to do with a game than with an exercise bike. So yeah, I, I agree. It's um, it's very promising for us. The experience my parents had and my sister had in that brief little time, because I knew my parents would never actually use virtual reality, and and my sister probably will, but they were at an age where they probably weren't going to uh, adopt it if they hadn't seen it. But uh, what what kind of feedback are you getting from people that are using this? Because this has got to be a really wild experience to be, it's one thing to have VR, but to be running in a, that's got to be, a, 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 you know, like it's something that no one's ever experienced before. What, what's, what, can you articulate like some of the feedback mm -hmm. you're getting from people that have just, uh, oh, yeah. just, you know, run through, like maybe traveled several miles in a, in a virtual, in a virtual world and up, up steps and, and down hills and things like that? Yeah, it's wild. And uh, we are at, uh, at Dave and Buster's, for example, and then big entertainment venues have our, our product or our Omni Arena, for example. Uh, and and it, oh, it's incredible. It, oftentimes there's a lot of screaming <laughs> and like, oh, ah! <laughs> I mean, people just are, don't know what's going on. And then, of course, our games are, we, we have some thrilling games and it's most, mostly games right now, right? So it's Call of Duty style gaming or, or shooting zombies or, uh, or some kids games as well. But it's very thrilling. And it's, it's uh, I mean, for some people, it's overwhelming. Some people uh, get overwhelmed. Uh, like, yeah. oh my, oh my, some people have to take it off because it's too much. You know? So the brain can't, can't compute. It's different than watching a movie, right? Because, or playing on a video screen because I think your brain knows the whole time when you're watching a movie that you're watching a movie, but it's, it's a little bit different to be fully immersed in something like that. I think your, your heart starts, even if you weren't running, your heart starts beating a little bit faster, but then it, there's a full uh, element that you're really in the experience. It's the suspension of, of the brain really does a trick on you. And, um, and, and, and for people doing it the first time, it could be, scary. Uh, younger kids, sometimes they have to take off the headset because they're literally too scared um, to, to do it. We have this one, we have this one haunted house game. And then, you know, we have to test this game and I have to test it, you know, before we launched it. And it's so scary. It's just, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be in this haunted house. <laughs> yeah. It's that scary. So it, it's really a, it's really, you have to tell yourself, okay, you're just, it's just a game, you know, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's something else. Yeah, I did, I set up, a, you'll appreciate this, I, uh, we, I work with inner city uh, kids, and we had a, we had a, like a carnival night, and, uh, and what I set up was, in, in my booth, I set up a virtual reality, and it was a roller coaster ride. My wife and I, like, we put the kids in a chair, and it was just like one of those office chairs. 
And uh, as the roller coaster moved in VR, we moved their chair, you know, so, so they, you know, when it was going up the hill, we moved the chair back and down. And, you know, it was a, it was a very, you know, like it was a, a 19th century version of what you do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you, could yeah, you yeah. could tell that kids were just, you know, there were a couple of kids that were like at, you know, at a certain point, like they were going down and they, they had to look up like they were okay, you know, and, uh, and that's obviously yeah. nothing like what you have designed and, and nothing like the, uh, the uh, technology and the, the reality that you have. So that, that's amazing. It's obviously the gaming, mm -hmm. but it's gonna be really interesting to see what's next, right? As far as uh, you mentioned travel or uh, classes, you know, I could see someone if they wanted to take some class on, um, you know, the Egyptian uh, pyramids or something like that, that, you know, they put on a headset like this and walk through that environment. I mean, that, that that's coming soon, right? You could see that that's not too far away where someone, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you no, take that a look. That could be done today. Yeah. yeah. And you take a look at my kids are on these Zoom classes now because of the situation we're in. And, and after a while, that gets a little old. You know, I could see something like this being yeah. a great enabler to get people into an environment. And, uh, and I also see for people that maybe can't travel for whatever reason, like um, maybe for whatever, maybe they're not comfortable getting on a plane, maybe not, but the, the ability to maybe walk through the African- Maybe, maybe there's a, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Maybe there's a global pandemic, who knows? <laughs> right. um, yeah, but you know, someone who maybe just, they're at a point in their life where they know they're never gonna see Africa. And that's got to be sad for some people to kind of go, okay, I always wanted to go to Africa and it's not happening. But to have this as an option to kind of say, you know what, I, I can go. Or, or you definitely feel as if you're there. This is not a, a phone. It's a very authentic feeling as you travel to something like this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, gaming is an, is an easy first market, uh, but it's, it's only a small step from a video game where you shoot zombies to a video game, but hey, you're just walking around in, in, in Egypt or Africa. It's the same, it's the same game, it's the same app. So yeah. it's just a matter of how many people will buy that app. And if the market becomes big enough so that there's enough people that would buy something like that, somebody's going to make it. Uh, well, you know, the same if, if, same if effort to make that and then a video game. Yeah. Well, if we continue to get stuck home, I think you're going to have a good year because uh, I think there's going to be uh, mm. a lot of people interested in something like this for a, just a, a different distraction, reality, <laughs> you know, virtual, yeah, 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 virtual yeah. reality is looking pretty good right now. And so if, you know, if, if only in small bites, it's, 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 uh, it's a nice alternative. Yep. Agreed. Hey, I really appreciate you being on the podcast today. Where could P find your product out on the web or, or the, if they've seen that, if they've heard this uh, podcast and want to know a little bit more about the product and what, and what your company is all about. Yeah, you can go to our website, Virtuix, V as in Valerie, V-I-R-T-U-I-X, Virtuix.com. Uh, and then we're doing right now a fundraising campaign, which is quite interesting. It's a Regulation A campaign. Now, thanks to uh, the Jobs Act from a couple of years ago, uh, people can now invest in tech startups like ours. You don't have to wait until we go public. You can invest today. Now we can raise money from everyday investors. Uh, they don't have to be accredited, which is, which is fantastic. So we can now actually raise money and sell shares uh, to everyday investors and everyday investors can buy shares in a tech company like ours uh, as we're still in the early days. You don't have to wait until 
yeah, we're a multi-billion dollar public company. So, so we, we're doing a campaign like that today uh, on seed invest. So if you go to our website, virtuix.com, you'll see a link to our investment uh, landing page, invest.virtuix.com. And now you see all the information about our new product and our rounds, uh, valuation terms and so forth. So uh, if that's of interest, uh, that, that could be uh, interesting to some. So I'll put all that in the show notes and I am going to check that out because uh, it was, you know, I've watched your Ted talk and I, so I've done some background work and it was amazing how many um, references to when you'll be, you know, like, uh, and you can't speak to this, I know, but uh, there were people who wrote articles just saying, I can't wait till this, till this company becomes public. And there, yeah. you actually, you know, you've probably seen those articles, but because it definitely has that feel to it that this is going to be a very successful venture for you. So that's interesting. You can actually go up there and, and uh, you don't have to necessarily wait to, for, for you to be public, that they can, they can do some investing. That's, that's, exactly. really, that's really interesting. Jan, thank you for being part of the podcast today. So I'll also put in the notes, I think the talks that you've given on entrepreneurship uh, that are out on the internet are also for people that are, want to take a hero's journey into starting their own company. Uh, you've got a lot of lessons there. I know it's been hard for you. I know, but you know, you, you have some really good guidance for people that want to follow their dream from a business standpoint. So I will also, I'll put those out, out there also. And I, I appreciate you taking the time today, but also taking the time to do those, to the, to give those talks, because I think it's, it's great for entrepreneurs to hear from people that give a very candid discussion on the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and, and starting something like what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And th thanks so much, Mike, for having me on. It's a real pleasure. Um, and and uh, yeah, thank you. Great. I love this podcast. So uh, happy to do it again in the future. Uh, keep okay. me I, I'm going to take you up on that <laughs> and uh, good luck. Good luck. Stay safe in, uh, in this environment, but also good luck next year with the launch. I can't wait to, I can't wait to see it. Thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you.